on Big V Racing. Green light on. With Dan Malicki. Wow. And they're ready for Big V Racing. It's 7 past 12 with Sean Cosgrave and for Lower Long Farms, Dan Malecki joins us. G'day, Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much, Sean. Yes, it's great to have Lower Long Farms part of Greenlight on and, and uh, of course, uh, RSN. Lower Long Farms are delighted to offer 27 outstanding yearlings. It's amazing. 27 wow. yearlings at the Melbourne Nutrient Standard Bread Yearling Sale at Inglis, which is Oakland's Junction, on April 1 to 3. Among many highlights of the draft are a poster boy half-brother to former Australian Australian two-year-old Colter of the Year, an emerging side, the Storm Inside, an American ideal half-brother to Poster Boy himself and his half-brother Yankee Rockstar, and an art major cult from Group 1 Vic Bread Champion Mare Without You. Detailed information on each lot, including pedigrees, photos and videos, will be available at nutrientequine.com.au. On-farm inspections are welcomed by appointment. Lower Long Farms, where quality is our priority. And I suspect you might be getting a little share. You're getting a bit uh, anxious there, <laughs> I Sean. I started it's... to get a bit toey then. Because you know I'm an absolute nut of desperate, Dan. I've, uh, yeah, I've got... <laughs> In a nice way. In a nice oh, actually, way, no, yeah. I know you well enough to know that's maybe a bit clouded. <laughs> but uh, as far as the horses are concerned, uh, uh, look, Lower Long are uh, just A grade. They are top shelf. So uh, 27 yearlings and... Uh, they're quite spectacular, the, the breed that they've got. So there might be one just for you, I reckon, Sean. I did start to salivate when I heard some of the relatives to them there. I thought, they're better bred than me, I can tell you. <laughs> and Poster Boy. <laughs> when I mentioned Poster Boy, you thought I was talking about you. Oh, no. I wouldn't even make Satterfold and Bricky's annual. Fair thing. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part would be where they put the staples. Dan Malecki and Dan, yesterday we had the trials at, uh, at Ballarat. Captain Ravishing went around. Before I get your comments, we'll play a little bit of this. This is the call of the trial with Captain Ravishing. Captain Ravishing is really burning the Bray Raceway. Ballarat coming around the final turn. Leads by 40 metres to in second placing Supreme Dominator at 40 fees. But have a look at Captain Ravishing halfway up the straight. It's a mile in front. Leads by 50 metres from in second placing 40 fees. Supreme Dominator. But it's all Captain Ravishing. Untouched line. Cruises in. Wins it by 50 plus metres. Dan, he won by 50. His last quarters, he smashed 30. It just, honestly, it looked to me like he's still going half pace. Yeah, I, it's just incredible. you just got to scratch your head. He, he does make things look like... Well, I haven't seen any other harness horse do. A bit Christian Cullen-like in a way, the way he covers the ground. But, mm. um, you know, yesterday's trial, it was a thorough trial from start to finish. In fact, his final quarter of 28-3 doesn't seem overly quick. But the, the time itself, it was a thorough hit out. He was 0.7 off the track record in a trial uh, and was hard held to the line. Well, First he, up, fresh. He ran something like 27.5 the second last quarter, didn't he? Yeah, he dashed down the bat, and his yeah. time all the way through was solid. In fact, the, probably the slower part of his race was the final quarter, being 28-3, which is quick, but we know he can break 26. Uh, he was out there to have uh, a good hard hit out, and it makes sense because he's going to be racing uh, Saturday week mm. uh, in the four-year-old Bonanza, and he'll have some tough opposition there. But he, it's just draw-dropping the way he does it. Uh, he's such an exciting horse. I, I've, I've got no doubts right now. Now, he mightn't get to the heights that we may think he could get to, but right now he is the most exciting harness horse we've had this century. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with that. He, look, Mark Pitt commented after the uh, the trial, the guys who touched vision caught up with him. Yeah, look, he felt super. Uh, I reckon he's come back better, but he sort of he just needed that little bit of a run and, uh, you know, leading into next week. So, uh, you know, hopefully he has a good week. And, you know, um, but, look, as I say, he was super then strong. Everyone off the bit, drove really good, uh, which is great. Bit. Yeah, he was after a good hit out. Um, you know, he just sort of hadn't had a run for a while, so he needed a little bit of a blowout but, um, without being crazy. Well, that was Mark Pitt. But the interesting thing was when the horse walked back, he was just so relaxed going back to the stool. He's an athlete. There's no doubt about that. He is an athlete. And you know what? Again, scary part. He's still learning his craft, yeah. Sean. I mean, it's it's as if he's just got out of the, the under-19s, you know, and, <laughs> and has, has played. already got three votes at the three games that he's played against the... Um, uh, the mature ages, and he's still getting better. He, he's not. I wouldn't define him as the the perfect racehorse just yet, and and maybe he doesn't have to be. Uh, but it's exciting, yet scary. Uh, and I tell you one thing, we're looking forward to him coming mm. back next week, and um, uh, and and then for the rest of his career because he's a new season four year old now. He's only had a dozen or, or less starts, and. Um, Wow, he, he just could be anything, and that's the exciting part. Maybe down the track he won't be that anything that we're just talking about right now, but I haven't seen a more exciting pacer probably in my time. I've seen great horses that have got careers, uh, and because of the longevity of their careers have made them champions. Um, so Captain Ravishing's got a long, long way to go there. But as far as excitement, even if he just lasts 12 months, he will add so much to harness racing. The other thing I'd keep looking at, and having watched these runs through since uh, Emma Stewart took him over, often you see horses, they'll improve a little bit, one or two runs, then they sort of plateau a bit. And they don't keep going. This horse looks like he's almost improving every single start. He's just getting better. Yeah, well, that was his first preparation with uh, Emma Stewart uh, last prep, which started on the 9th of September. And I got to call the majority of, of, of his races. He only got beaten once, and that was actually in the derby. He ran fifth, and it was a fantastic run. But it was also a great win by another top three-year-old at the time, Leap to Fame. So that was their first preparation uh, with him, and he was just the the natural uh, freakish racehorse. So they've actually got more time. They've they've had an opportunity to give him a fresh and up start uh, almost again with him, and be, but be able to add to that base. So you think of how exciting it must mm. be for Emma and the team there uh, when it's only the second preparation of going to the races, and now they've got targets. That initial first prep, step by step, they could have been changing direction. And changing targets as they went. This time in, he is set for races like the Bonanza, the Chariots of Fire, and then ultimately the Miracle Mile. I remember we chatted to her one day, and I, I said, you pulled the stripping gear back there, had him in an open bridle, and I said, down the back straight, he looked like, to me, like a kid in the classroom. The offside ear was up and back and up and back, the body language on him. It was like, I want to look out the window. What's that over there? And she said, she laughed and said, yeah, he's almost like he's ADHD, but he hadn't just settled down. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's probably a good point. I've even seen that in some of the races that I've called with him. He, he didn't often run in a straight line, but he could still run extraordinarily fast time. It didn't compute. It didn't make sense. Mm. Um, but he can just do... Uh, uh, he remi- The closest thing he reminded me of, of an elite athlete, a Usain Bolt. Remember in some mm. of the Usain's big wins, uh, the, the Beijing Olympics, and he virtually was... He was not running. He, he'd switched off with metres to go, and he was looking at the crowd and uh, in, in a 100 metre... And that's what Captain Ravishing does. So there are some similarities there, I think.
Now, I'll just clear these totes on race two with heels full. The winner five, my boy Robert, 190, 130. Five, Coelho, $1.80. Four, Hannah Brocky, $1.90. And four, two, Long Island. Quinella, 560. The exact is 660. Trifecta, $20.90. The 418.60. Running double three and five, six dollars and 80 cents. There, the tote divvies there. We'll have a chat with Andy Gath shortly. We're just dying to get hold of Andy because he's got catch a wave. And uh, it'll be interesting to get Andy's take on what he thought of the trial as well. well and also that Catch a Wave really mm. is one of the two or three horses that look like being uh, the major protagonists, the, the major threats to uh, to a Captain Ravishing, and they look like they'll probably be able to meet in a Chariots of Fire. And Catch a Wave's a top-class horse. Uh, he's been beaten as many times as Captain Ravishing has been beaten. So keep that in mind. He's had twice as many starts, Catch a Wave, uh, and he's also uh, been beaten four times, just like Captain Ravishing. So he's another top-grade horse, a three-time Group 1 winner, and you know what? He's going to run in the Hunter Cup. Uh, is uh, catch a wave and yeah it'd be good to chat to Andy about uh, that portion to be truthful I think it's fantastic it's just a pity that the chariots is not run in Melbourne this year because the two of them are part and they go into clash in a chariots of fire and you might be able to add a cooter and also leap to fame into that mix but uh, uh, it'd be lovely to have that race here and have all these great horses clashing in Melbourne no doubt down the track we'll get that opportunity yeah just trying to get hold of Andy now to see if we can now with the Hunter Cup what's the story with catch a wave well, Catch a Wave's a four-year-old, um, and not that there's a problem with that, but to end, Andy Gath told me a, a month ago he wants to run uh, Catch a Wave in the Hunter Cup, uh, and we talked about it on Monday on Gatespeed, uh, Sean, and rightfully so. Uh, initially, um, he sort of thought it wouldn't be as challenging as what the four-year-old Bonanza would be because he'll be up against Captain Ravishing, and although he's not admitting defeat to Captain Ravishing, prize money's worth about five times as much in the the Hunter Cup. And until Copy That stood up the other night, they looked like it was pretty wide open. Uh, now, Catch a Wave, I, I think, um, disappointingly, he was left out of the Victoria Cup because Andy Gath wanted to run the three-year-old. And as I said, it, imagine a Cox Plate without three-year-olds. It's not the Cox Plate. Well, that's so there's very few... yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Very few opportunities for three-year-olds to run against the older horses, and here was one, and I thought it was a missed opportunity. Um, however, um, Andy wants to run here, and he was asking me about whether he should get a run or not, and just looking at the, the field and the depth, he has to get a run. I said he has to get a run. They'd be mad not to put him in there. You need to catch a wave in there. He's a three-time Group 1 winner, but he's won it within his age group, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, it'd be just like a three-year-old not running in the cox plate and saying, oh, he won a Caulfield Guineas, but... You know what? Uh, it was against his own age. He won a golden slipper, but, you know, it was against his old age. I don't buy into that. You want to get a top-class horse, there's the opportunity. But I really think this time it'll be a no-brainer and catch a wave. We'll get a run, and, and Andy's really keen to run him in that. And he's had a previous Hunter Cup winner called About to Rock. Now, mm -hmm. it was run understanding star conditions at the time. And he said uh, that... There is no comparison with Catch a Wave is suburbs better than About to Rock and About to Rock won a Hunter Cup. So he's really keen to put him in there and uh, I, I tend to agree. Um, if he was a, a, a definite starter, in particular if he drew the front line, I'd say he'd be an 8 or $9 shot. Um, at, so if a horse is going to command that much of the market, he's got to get in. Now, how do they structure this? I mean, if a horse, for example, and I'll just th I'll throw this up hypothetically, if a horse runs a place in a Group 1, it could be 100 to 1. And just luck on the night in running, whatever works out, it runs third in the group one. Does that then qualify for the Hunter Cup? Could it get a run even though its form may have dropped off after that? 
Well, look, there's discretion involved with a Hunter Cup. You want to get the, together the best possible field and a lot of the big big races, the big group ones. And I, I know it's not necessarily easy because you can get a lot of horses with similar type of form. But uh, in the case of the Hunter Cup, um, uh, you, I think it's obliging in a way horses that have got group one performances can get into the race, you know, being placed in a, in a Dominion and placed in a Victoria Cup, won a group one race 18 months ago. And there's a number of horses going around at the moment that haven't won very often in the last couple of years, but they've done enough to keep getting a spot in some of the bigger races. So, and it's still a challenge for Harness Racing Victoria, the handicapping department, racing department, to put that field together. And different people will have differing opinions, but um, I think a lot of that... It's hard to leave out horses that have uh, produced great performances at Group 1 level, but how far back do you mm. go? Uh, and also, what depth is there? We've had a number of horses going by the wayside. Um, Rock and Roll Do, uh, who a Victoria Cup winner and has obviously been below uh, where he's at. Expensive Ego uh, is questionable whether he comes down now. Stablemate Spirit of St. Louis is heading this way from the McCarthy camp. We know of Act Now not running, even though he's still equal favourite. Uh, uh, go figure, but a better eclipse is not going there as well. Uh, there's been a, a few horses definitely not going that way. Nominations actually close on Friday, so you'll get a better idea. Uh, on Friday noon they close, mm. uh, so everything that nominates there on Friday you'll know is wanting to get a run uh, in the Hunter Cup. And I, and I think from what we saw at Ballarat, Copy That can win it and Honolulu Bay can win it. Uh, some of the others, uh, look, I don't want to say that they can't win it, but they have to turn their form around if they were to uh, to win uh, a Hunter Cup. Triple Eight was fantastic. He would have been a horse on the cusp. I'm not sure would have got a run, uh, but his performance was so good the other night at Group 1 level that he might have just cemented his spot. So that's important for him and the connections. And there might have been divine intervention because uh, Father Brian Glasheen's a part owner there, so he might have just uh, turned the old water into wine, uh, trick to a to a harness racing degree. So um, as you said, some of those horses will get in, uh, and the criteria, I don't think it's explicitly... Mm. Um, uh, expressed as far as the the definite way horses will get in, but ultimately it comes down to trying to pick the best possible field, and and uh, that can be open to interpretation. Now, catch a wave. Where does he go? I mean, he, he's obviously looking at the uh, the captain or the hunter cup. Yeah, well, the Hunter Cup is where Andy wants to go. He makes no bones about that. Um, if we get an opportunity to get Andy on it, yeah, we're trying. We can't get through to him for some reason. Can't get him we're at the moment. Entry, no. Okay. Um, he, he'll try, well, I don't want to say avoid. I don't think that's what Andy's trying to do, avoid a four-year-old, uh, a confrontation in the four-year-old when ends with Captain Ravishing. But when there's a half a million dollar purse at hand uh, on the same night at Group 1 level, the four-year-old when ends is a Group 2. He wants to run Catch a Wave in a Group 1 and of half a million dollars. Um, he probably thinks it's slightly easier assignment taking on copy that and Honolulu Bay than it is uh, Captain Ravishing. So they would end up meeting potentially in a chariots of fire. Um, the four-year-old Bonanza carries automatic entry to the winner into the chariots of fire, um, whereas uh, I'm sure if uh, Catcher Wave won or ran, ran a place in the Hunter Cup, uh, be pretty brave to not issue an invitation for him and the Chariots of Fire as well. But there are also some uh, lead-up races in Sydney um, the week after as well. So he'll head to Sydney, eyeing off a spot in the Chariots of Fire where he would meet Captain Ravishing on that occasion. And, and like Captain Ravishing, um, there may well be an option to run in the Miracle Mile. 
but also both horses later on in the year will be heading towards the Eureka, the, the million-dollar slot race uh, in Sydney uh, in September. So they both have long-term, long-term aims of getting there as well. Probably a silly question. Will some horses try and avoid Captain Ravishing? Um, I, to a degree, but when they're Group 1 races yeah. and the biggest races, I don't think you can afford to. You just can't worry about one horse. Mm. Uh, so I don't think so. Not as four-year-olds. Um, so you'll get some good horses going up this week, no doubt. Oh, sorry, next week in the four-year-old Bonanza. But also the Chariots of Fire is the uh, biggest uh, four-year-old race uh, in, in the country. You, you've got your Gold Nugget in Perth. Your four-year-old Bonanza is a great race, and they need to upgrade that to Group 1 and add another $50,000 to it. It deserves it. So does the Dullard Cup, for that matter. They're two, uh, well, the time on a Dullard Cup, uh, it's, it's a Group 2, and there's no shame in that. But that race itself needs a greater status. Uh, and prize money and, and the four-year-old bonanza that needs to lift as well but the chariots would be deemed as the best four-year-old race uh, in Australia so you want to have the best four-year-olds that are in there and the form around the four-year-old bonanza the chariots of fire and the miracle mile they're really linked over the course of the last 10 years particularly through the four-year-old bonanza I think unequivocally there's no better form line in any race in Australasia for the last decade than what has emanated from the four-year-old Bonanza, which then steps into the chariots and, and, and the Miracle Mile. It's been quite extraordinary, the success, the horses that come through the four-year-old Bonanza. Best form I've come across anywhere. Um, so you would expect to get the top horses. It is exciting. Um, the only thing that I wish is that the chariots and the Miracle Mile was run in Melbourne. Is that <laughs> too patriotic? Is no, that of course unfair? Not. Am I selfish? Yes, but no, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who's the next best behind Captain Ravishing? We talk a lot about him. Who would you rank as number two or maybe number three? Well, funnily enough, uh, he's the most exciting. But if we had a tennis tournament, you know, you use rankings mm-hmm. uh, for, for a ten- tennis tournament, Captain Ravishing might be the most exciting and he'd be the favourite any race that he ran in at the moment. But you're probably looking at horses like Akuda, Leap to Fame and even a Catch a Wave that would be ranked one, two and three and Captain Ravishing four, particularly based on um, previous performances and at Group 1 level. Captain Ravishing has won the one Group 1, uh, as it turned out, he, he was able to uh, uh, take uh, the the Breeders' Crown. So the other horses would be ranked above him, not necessarily in ability, although they're all great horses. So in a way, it could be a bit like having a, a Nadal, a Federer, a Djokovic and a Murray when he was at the top of his game, all there, and it's up to, uh, it's a bit like beauty, it's uh, in the eye of the yeah, boulder yeah. Uh, as to which one do you think's the best. Leap to Fame beat him over a staying trip in the derby, and he was fantastic with a great drive. We know he's a top horse. Akuda, the Kiwi, who was uh, so good in a New Zealand Cup, uh, he's fantastic. We know how brilliant Catch a Wave is, and, and a bit like Captain Ravishing, Catch a Wave can do things not the way things should be done, but he's got so much raw talent, and we haven't necessarily seen the best of him. He won a 1,200-metre race last week, Sean, and it's the best I've ever seen him go. He was the most professional, and he beat some pretty good horses like Hurricane Harley. Um, so he he's very talented, and I think it's wonderful we've got good depth in our four-year-old ranks uh, at the moment. We want to see these horses clash and continue to clash in all the big races. Dan, I thought Andy uh, Gath had... Uh, I thought he'd turned us out in the paddock, but we've got him for you now. He's with us now. How are you, Andy? Yeah, good, thanks, Fozzie. That's good, mate. Uh, Dan Balecki with us as well. Catch a wave. Hunter Cup, mate. Can you get there? Well, I like to be there. Um, that's the race I like to have him in, and whether he gets a run or not, that's not up to me. That's up to uh, the handicappers, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's done enough to earn a spot in the race, to my mind, anyway. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I think that's the case. Three Group 1s, but an excitement machine as well. Um, you, you had an opportunity or would have an opportunity running the four-year-old Bonanza against Captain Ravishing, and it'd be a great clash. So just explain your thought process in wanting to go to the Hunter Cup. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, being a four-year-old, he's got the four-year-old Bonanza, which is on the same night, and the winner of that race gets automatic uh, running to the Chariots of Fire, but you could run second to, Char- uh, to Captain Ravishing and just get that guy short ahead going 148 or something, and he still doesn't get you to the Chariots, and I just thought, you know, the Hunter Cup is sort of landscape at the moment, you know, apart from a couple of horses, I think there's a fair few horses uh, quite out of form and worth five times as much as the Bonanza. Yeah, I just thought it was a good opportunity to, um, you know, have a crack at, you know, such a prestigious race and, you know, just in the horse in such good order and couldn't be happy with him. So, um, yeah, we're happy to head that way. Andy, I mentioned before, Captain Ravishing, we looked at him and, and often, to see, often you see horses will improve a bit and then they plateau. He just seems to have kept on improving. Has Catch Away been a similar sort of horse who's just kept improving for you? Well, I think so. He's always had uh, plenty of ability, uh, Catch Away, but his sort of racing manners, are, things have sort of held him back a few times, but um, his last start was probably the best he's been manners-wise. Um, Kate was able to get him back off the gate and use him mid-race and he's sort of really good and then find the line really strong, so... Uh, He's been a work in progress for a long time, but his racing manners are really good at the moment. And, yeah, again, as you get older, you naturally get better as well. Your competition gets better with you too, so you've got to keep improving. Um, Andy, looking at the landscape now with the breeding season and the calendar year being the, the, the harness racing year, um, if Catchaway didn't get a run, and, and look, I think it's a no-brainer. I think he has to get a run in the Hunter Cup, regardless of people's... Yeah, you know, They talk about uh, Group 1 form, uh, their own age group and all that sort of stuff, but if he can't get a run in the Hunter Cup this year, a four-year-old will never run in it again. Um, and, um, you know, that's a Captain Ravishing. As I said, if you had to go rankings-wise, um, Catch a Wave would be ranked above Captain Ravishing. But I'm sure exciting-wise, most people would put Captain Ravishing above Catch a Wave. You know where I'm coming from there. But um, yeah. surely he, he has to get in uh, as a four-year-old because the, the race needs it. Um, and the opportunities don't uh, occur that often because there's a four-year-old race that is on. So if Catch a Wave doesn't make the Hunter Cup, a four-year-old will never be able to run in that race again, I would imagine. No, you wouldn't think so. I don't think there's many four-year-olds that are, you know, going to have the record like Catch a Wave has. You know, have four hundred thousand in the bank and win, I think, fourteen from eighteen and three Group One. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty imposing record. So, if he can't get in, you know, you could make an argument that lady, if ladies in red was sound, would she be in it? Well, she hasn't raced open class horses too. She's been restricted to age and her own sex her whole career. But I'm sure she'd definitely be in. And again, um, you know, over the years they've sort of picked these fields been like they have for the last 30 or 40 years so hopefully there's a bit of time for change and you know pick the horses on the way up that you know deserve to be there Andy you've got a nice stable of horses at the moment you've got some good square gators there yeah no I have been sort of fortunate over the last sort of five to six years to have some really good square gators in the stable and still got a couple of, couple there at the moment so um yeah hopefully uh can have a couple of runners in the great southern star next Friday so um yeah a couple of them seem to be back on track and a couple sort of emerging like Chinese Whisper as well. He he was terrific the other night, Ed. I must admit, best I've seen him go. He didn't look like making a mistake. He's got a fine trotting action when he switched on. Um, have you done something to, to turn him around? Because he was, uh, actually, even in that beaten run at Hamilton, uh, quite extraordinary. It's as if he's um, he's turned the corner. He's not the sort of horse I want to put the pressure on because he could turn the other corner too. But, gee, he was good. 
Yeah, no, we think he has turned the corner and he's been a little bit maligned. This preparation, his first start, he galloped out from the mobile Kilmore. But all his other runs after that, he got knocked over twice during the Intermediate Series and it sort of wasn't his fault. Um, he has been trotting good, but I think the Intermediate Series is what he needed. Uh, throughout his career, he's only sort of like had two or three runs and then he sort of had little setbacks and sort of had to go to the paddock. So having um, a fair bit of racing in preparation, I think it's really helped him. We, we decided to keep him out of the draw for half a dozen runs. Uh, just to teach him to settle in his races, which he's doing now. So, um, yeah, no, he's become really professional. He's always had the ability, but um, uh, the racing manager's caught up with the ability, and hopefully, um, you know, if he can win Saturday night, which I think he can, um, you know, it might be enough to get him in the Great Southern Star as well. Majestuoso is another one, Andy. Yeah, he had a little bit of a setback, and he's had a bit of treatment on a few little sore spots. So, um, uh, I was really happy with him this morning. He seemed to work really good and trot perfect, so I'm um, um, pretty confident that he's going to be, um, even though he hasn't raced for a while, he's going to be pretty spot on come Friday, so he'll be right to go. Well, Andy. And I was going to say, uh, just before we let Andy go, anything for Saturday night that you've got we could keep an, an eye on uh, for, for Melton or wherever it's going to be run? I understand there might be a meeting uh, this afternoon determining uh, if there indeed was a problem with the track. I don't know a lot about it. But anyway, regardless of that, there'll be a meeting Saturday night and you've got a few key runners. Yeah, as I said, I, I think Chinese Whisper is in a winnable race again. Um, I've got Central Otago in that as well, but I think Chinese Whisper is clearly a better horse at this stage. Uh, L.O. Man, he's probably drawn the lead again and going to be pretty hard to beat. Uh, Whiskey Cavalier is really good last start, but he's got good opposition and got the same draw, so going to be a little bit up against it again this week, and I think um, Sandace on the barrier probably got a good each-way hope, so he's probably got some hope as well. And, and the Indonesian like that, horse? That's it. Um, Jakarta, yeah. He's not a superstar, but he's quite a nice horse. The back row draw might sort of rule out his chances, and I don't think she can win, and she's in a pretty hard field, and hasn't drawn that good, but I think um, you'll see a lot better vacation hill this week too, so she might be able to fill a place, I reckon. And at good odds too. And the, the Indonesian horse I'm talking about is Jakarta. It's a New Zealand horse, but only having its second start with Andy this week uh, is a horse called Jakarta, Sean. He's just a weird man, Andy. It's probably the best way to sum him up, isn't it? You know, he's working out the names of the horses there. That's it. Oh, I worked it out. I'm too hard. <laughs> I, I, know, I know my capital cities. <laughs> hey, Andy, good luck on, on the weekend. It's going to be a warm one, 33. Yes, no, so um, hopefully it's not transferred to somewhere where it's warmer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good on you, Andy. Good to catch up. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dan. Andy Gass. Good on you, Dan. And uh, you got a winner for us? Jag? Uh, I was sort of looking towards uh, Saturday night. There's a, there's a few that I don't mind. Outlaw Man is actually one of Andy's who we touched on race three, number two. I was really taking my focus strides run uh, last week first up, so he should be each way odds again. He's in race five, uh, number three. And uh, the return, actually the highlight of the night is probably going to be school captain. This is uh, uh, a group one winner from last preparation, and he actually uh, uh, defeated... Uh, the the lost storm. So you know that top uh, two year old that just blew him away in the Vic Bread final. School captain's beaten him twice. So he, I think he's the highlight runner Saturday night. I think he'll be too short for me to tip as a as a good thing. But he's race seven number five. He'll be the marquee runner at uh, on the Saturday night program. 
Good on you. Terrific to catch up, Dan, and we'll talk to you uh, on the weekend. Look forward to it. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Dan. Dan, but